to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. So how are you on this wonderful day? Did you take the time to find the perfect journal for yourself? Did you write at least five things you're grateful for each evening before bed? Did you find you wrote even more? Or did you feel stuck and you didn't choose one at all? Did you think... Oh, this is not going to help me. That's silly. Anyway, why would this woman think I have the energy to do this? And why would she want me to be happy? Doesn't she know that I'm absolutely miserable? That I can barely get out of bed in the morning and, let alone, try to feel happy? Doesn't she know I'm struggling just to make my obligations each day, go to work? Doesn't she know that this is one of, or maybe even the hardest thing that I've had to endure? Well, the answer to most of those questions is, I do know. I know too well what you're going through, because I've been there several times myself. And along the way, I found various ways to help myself and others, so now I'm sharing them with you. They may sound silly, they may sound weird, but trust me, they can help you. When you create a gratitude journal, you are looking at positive things instead of the negative. You refocus your life to the positive which helps uplift you, thinking of better things for yourself. It shifts you to attract better things and better experiences. And since, when we are grieving, all seems so lost, doesn't it? And we concentrate on what we don't have anymore. But this instead will give us something to appreciate in our lives. It can be the smallest thing that brings you joy. You just have to look for it. Did you get to work with less traffic today? Did someone unexpectedly reach out to you to have lunch together this week? Maybe you saw a beautiful sunset last evening. How did it make you feel? Did someone send you a card with a lovely note? Did you reread cards, letters, and posts online, which you might have forgotten when your loved one died? Maybe you never got to look at them, but you now see them with a fresh pair of eyes. Maybe it's time to send a lovely personal note of gratitude to them. Do it now so they know how much their love meant to you. But you might say, this happened so long ago, months, maybe even years, doesn't even matter. But now is your time to respond they will be happy you did. 
See if they want to connect again for a drink or a snack. Rekindle their friendship. It doesn't have to be something long. It can just be a catch-up. Then perhaps you'll visit again. No pressures on either one of you. So what else are you grateful for? The roof over your head? The sheets on your bed? The cozy blankets and throws that you wrap yourself up in when you're having a hard day? The coffee or tea? The special ones? that you get for yourself. The animals that may grace your life, which are always glad to see you when you come home. If, as you go through your day, you begin to acknowledge the good instead of the pain, the gain instead of the loss, the possibilities instead of the restrictions, you will begin to see a new perspective that you need. And you need it desperately. So if you haven't already, you need to find just the right journal for you, your gratitude journal. Look for one that uplifts you when you see it. You'll know the right one when your heart says to you, Ah, that's the one to get. Now to all you big strong men out there, don't think that this is just a female thing. You are grieving too. You just feel you need to hide it more, that it's not masculine to show pain and sadness. But that's nonsense. You hurt too. You feel isolated too. Sometimes even more because it's not exactly what comes up for you when you're watching a game with the guys. So you need to do this even more. You need to grab a journal that resonates with you. Keep it in a safe place near the bed. Maybe it should go in the glove compartment in the car or the truck. And take the time to write in it every night, every day if you must, on the way home from work. <laughs> Secretly. But do it. Do it for yourself. If you're married, both you and your spouse can take the time in separate rooms in the house perhaps to write. If not, you've got the entire bedroom to yourself to allow yourself permission to grieve. You're entitled to that grief. This is your personal time, so use it. When we sidestep grief, when we suppress it, we act like it doesn't exist, and you'll be just fine. It always comes back to bite us. So please don't do that. Get your journal and write in it every night or day. Now, some people ask, well, what if I want to write about my day and the hard things I've encountered? And for many years, I did just that. I wrote everything that happened in a given day, like I was a reporter. I left no detail out. And after a while, it became exhausting because I felt guilty that I hadn't recorded every single little thing. And then I'd have to go back and try to recreate the last few days. It was tough. And I wondered what I was really doing here, if this was really serving me anymore. And one day my godmother said to me, Mary, why don't you actually start living your life instead of recording it? Wow, that was an epiphany. 
After that, I gave her statement long consideration. I switched to gratitude instead of recording negativity and loss and sadness and getting upset over things I couldn't control. I decided to consider just writing good things in that journal to see what would happen. I decided I would forego blame and excuses, and while they still popped into my head at times, I just wrote differently. I started changing things around so they'd had a positive spin on them. When I was annoyed at something someone said, I changed it to, I am grateful for how well I handled my friend's uncaring comments, or something like that. At first, it sounded kind of weird. But I started to enjoy it. It made me feel better. And when I would reread it, I was happier. I was more settled. I didn't feel so bad to reread the bad stuff. Maybe you'll say, I am proud of myself for not accepting an invitation I didn't feel comfortable with. I am allowing myself to feel happy again in bite sized pieces. I'm learning how to express my needs more. I feel proud that I took a short walk today, even if it was just around the walk. I am happy I made plans for Christmas instead of isolating myself. I am feeling better about my relationship with my family. Do you see how you can turn situations around for the better? Can you change the language to make it more positive? Give it a chance, my friend. I believe it will be good for you. So with Christmas, Hanukkah, and other year-end holidays approaching, I'd like to offer you some suggestions on how to choose to keep things simple, as well as being selective as to what invitations you would like to accept. This way you can reduce your level of stress and anxiety. Even though we've experienced the death of a loved one, very close loved one, during this past year, or even in a previous year, the invitations for different events during the Christmas season and holiday season will still continue to flood in. And oftentimes, we're not sure how we're supposed to handle these. We really don't know if it's the right thing to continue to do that because we feel it's our obligation to go to these events. We don't know if it's just because of past attendance that we should attend, or simply a sense of feeling guilty that if we don't attend, what will people think of us, or what will they say, or are we obligated to keep up with the Joneses, as they say, our next-door neighbors? But in this kind of situation, everyone is different, and you have to take a few moments to make up your mind as to whether this is going to serve you or not. You need to be selective with invitations because this year, there really aren't any shoulds anymore. You have to do what feels comfortable. You need to be surrounded by caring and compassionate people who will understand your grief and who will be willing to support you with whatever emotions may come up for you. So what I recommend is you have to build into each invitation the ability to change your mind. Now, what do I mean by that? It's okay to change your mind to begin with, okay? So with each 
RSVP, you might say to the person, you know, I really want to join you, but I'm so afraid that I'm going to wake up that day and not feel like being around people, a lot of people. So I would like to accept this invitation on the condition that I could cancel at the last minute. Okay. Or if I do attend and it just seems to get too much for me, that you won't be offended if I leave early. And this way, you've set the stage to be comfortable either way. You get to go and enjoy the party and not think about your sorrow as much. And you really do start to engage and be part of the community again. And it it all works out beautifully. But this way, if you go and you find that it's just too overwhelming, the music is too much, there's too many people, the conversation is not flowing for you, and you just feel awkward, you get to go to your host or hostess and just simply say, I want to thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really glad I came. You have a lovely party, and I think it's just time for me to go now. So thank you so much. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and be on your way. And that solves your problem. When Christmas time comes around and holiday time, and we've experienced the death of a loved one, sometimes keeping planning simple is really the most important thing to do. Now, in past years, you may have been the type of person who decorates trees and different rooms in your home. You decorate inside, you decorate outside. You're the person who puts together uh, a dinner party for 20 guests, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. You're the one who decides to bake three different kinds of pies and five different groups of cookies, and you go all out for the holiday season. And this year, you know it's different. Your energy level is different. You don't have the same motivation. You feel badly or you feel guilty because you're really not feeling up to doing everything you did in the past. I want you to understand that this is natural and normal. You are not always able to keep up with what you've done in the past. So to be able to help you to change that and to make better decisions, I am encouraging you to take a piece of paper and divide it into three columns. The first column, I want you to write down a list of all the traditional activities that you do or you partake in. In the second column, I want you to write whether it feels good to you to continue those. Okay, so in the second column, you might say something like, this year, I don't have the motivation to cook dinner for 20 people. So write down what your feeling is in the second column for each of those things. But in the third column, I want you to give yourself the option of an alternative. So for instance, if you've been the one who's always had Christmas dinner, for about 18 to 20 guests. The third column might say something like, can my sister handle it this year? Can my brother handle it this year? Could we go out to dinner possibly? Could everyone bring a dish so it's not so burdensome on me alone? So try to think of options next to each of those activities in your column three, and then just sit with the list. And think it through. 
and reach out to others in your family and in your circle of friends and see how you might be able to eliminate or check off a lot of these activities or pass them on to someone else who would be glad to do this for you because they know that you're just not up to doing it this year. And I think that will give you a sense of relief, a sense of feeling unburdened, and it's just a matter of writing it all down looking it all over, thinking it all through, and asking others to help you. There's nothing wrong with asking others to help. You need that help this year. It's important that you do that for yourself. If you need more help leading up to Christmas, you can grab my book called Holiday Grief, which is on my website, marymac.info. It's digital, so you can download it anytime and receive it immediately to your computer, tablet, or phone. Okay, so did you dance with me last week? Did you get up off your feet, shake your body in the car? Did you feel a little bit better? Did you think, this woman is wacky? <laughs> well, maybe so. I might be. But they say you have to be a little wacky to be sane in this world these days. But if you want to heal a bit more each day, you need to move your body. We need to stop plopping on the couch or in bed and somehow think that's the way to go. Let's just wait until all this passes and I'll feel better. But I'm here to tell you, you can go that route and all of a sudden several years will have passed and you don't feel any better than you do now. And that will not serve you. I don't want you to live in a bereaved shell your entire life. You don't want to make yourself a victim of sorts. Otherwise, you give up your life for theirs. Would they really want that? Of course not. You're entitled to a full life. A happy life. And stop shaking your head at me, because I can see you. <laughs> you do. You might not feel like that right now, but I'm hoping to change that. And let's not get into the imagined guilt of feeling like you don't have a right to a great life, because they aren't here any longer. Really? You want to forfeit your life for theirs? How is that going to help anyone? How is that going to help you? Exactly what is gained by thinking this way? Will it bring them back? Will it somehow change what happened? No. So stop it. If you get overly negative and critical, I want you to say stop it out loud, really big, and clap your hands once. So let's get up now and dance and really get into it. Breathe and move and smile and just go for it. Forget what people would say. They're not around anyway. This is for you.
Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to write five things you're grateful for in your journal every night before bed. If you feel negative thoughts, change them around to positive statements and add them in your journal. If you'd like to comment on what's working for you, go to my website at marymac.info, click on the podcast tab, episode two, to leave your thoughts. I hope you're learning some unique things to help you. Now remember to feel happy because you deserve to. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.